it's July 16th, 2020. I am Michael Askins, Architect Taste Labs. Um, slight diversion from our normal show today. So we have uh, some individuals who are who are out and um, wanted to have a show. And I just realized, you know, maybe we should just have a let's get real segment. So I'm going to present to you here uh, a recording that I put together um, within the past uh, couple of days for a bonus we we're going to drop. But I'm going to just uh, kind of put it out there right now. Uh, we'll still try to get another show out here real soon uh, in the collaboration fun way we normally do but uh, without further ado should it stay should it go now should it stay and how should I pay for it we posted on May a uh, blog post that covers uh, a topic that came up multiple times during the day job the organization's trying to figure out uh, what services that they've turned on during the pandemic or remote workers or lockdown. And um, then basically sprawled out into what does that mean from an organizational perspective and how is it paid for? What is what is the ramifications of that? So I'm going to cover through some areas here that we covered back then because the conversations are starting to kick back up again and it's worthwhile having it out there for, for all to hear. So should it stay and how should I pay for it? So in the last several months, we've had these, these new services and subscriptions added to the majority of SMB and enterprise organizations. You know, so it leads to that question is, is do we keep it? How do we pay for it? And then we think additionally beyond that is how do we secure it and make it permanent and what have you. So, you know, understandably, some organizations acted rash. They essentially turn things on just to keep things going because every night they're told they're not going back to their offices and flipped on some services and there you go. So um, we'll determine uh, in the future if those choices are successful or not. So... Question one, should we keep using, and as in the post, we have insert service here. So should we keep using Microsoft Teams for collaboration and sharing and workforce and voice? Or should we keep using Zoom for video and teleconference? Should we keep using WebEx Teams? Should we keep using Adobe Cloud? Should we keep using insert any of the services that you turned on to make things easier or increased capability? Yes, that's the other area is not we just turned it on as we increased our capabilities in that space. So let's keep this high level. So the service that you have on there, it's a couple things that we go beyond. Should we keep using this? So here, here's the factors to consider. Is it secure? Does my organizational policies allow for long-term adoption, specifically organizations that are um, strict adherence to risk analysis every year they have to do their risk assessment uh, or organizations that are highly governed or have policies that you know cannot be broken for um, compliance reasons so you know is this risking that long-term adoption without making sure the right channels are done so then the next bit that we always say in, uh, towards this question of should we keep using that is what's the productivity benefit yes that was a long thousand purpose some things can be turned on but they're not productive. Some things can be configured a specific way that is productive 
or configured another way that is not both from a functionality perspective and from a distraction perspective. So uh, do we want to turn on, you know, not custom backgrounds per se, but like oh, turning on posting memes and yeah, the, the, the fun side of things. Is it, is it worth keeping that on or can we even keep it on? Um, how will the staff react to this service no longer being available? So that's, that's a clutch piece there. Um, your team or teams, depending on how you're configured, may have really, really, really taken a shine to whatever it is you turned on or became familiar with that type and don't want to change for for whatever reason. But what's their reaction going to be? And is the reaction going to be, I can't do my job because this fundamentally changed how I do my job? Or is their reaction going to be, yeah, it's going whatever. So you have to keep that in mind. So is there a cost associated with this? Is this already a licensed product that we turned on or features of a product that we turned on? So we, we use this uh, circumstance, this these use cases all the time when we talk in current times about the situation. Microsoft Teams, there's organizations that had it, was licensed, never used it, had no intentions on using it because they just don't use that or they use some other small niche thing that only covered, uh, say, a marketing team, but not the rest of the company. So you're already paying for it. It's already licensed. And did we turn it on and should we keep it? So that, that's a question that comes to mind all the time. So that goes hand in hand with, is there a cost associated to making this service permanent? And there's two answers or two, two lines of thought for that. So is there a cost associated with it? Am I already entitled or have I made a commit or a purchase of it? And here we go. This is, this is a cost, but I did it rashly and I need a, you know, IT pro that's a subject matter expert in that space to come in and fix the deployment or harden it from a security perspective or change things around that are associated with that. So, you know, keeping that in mind is, is important. There's more cost than just the cost of the license. You might need to actually do a redeploy, uh, you know, or just an, even a minimum, an analysis of how it's deployed. Uh, can my IT team support this service or workload? That's another critical bit is, you know, your team is organized in a specific way at point in time from when these uh, new ways of working came out. So unless you've skilled up during that time away or added additional team members that have capabilities in that space, you need to think of how do we support this moving forward? Or do I, you know, temporarily reach out to a partner to help with that space to until I can have my own team do it? Or do I even need to have my own team help support this service or workload? Um, so there's just some guiding guiding questions there. You know, generally that question one, should we keep using again, insert service here uh, is the corporate IT leadership DCV level people, IT support desk leadership and business unit leaders. And that goes to all the questions above. So business unit leaders are going to be able to give you the pulse of the people and how their jobs have changed using these tools. Uh, support desk and how do we how do we support this moving forward? What do we do from, from an end user perspective? How do we onboard new users and get them familiar with how our deployment is? And then obviously DCV level and corporate IT leadership to help with cost and, and, and path and, and progress. So definitely keep those in mind in those individuals in mind when we're thinking through these these topics. So question two was what is required to make these changes permanent? So kind of taking an excerpt out of the written. So like after you've determined which services are going to be 
you know, stick, which ones are going to stay around and they're going to be part of your normal catalog of IT offerings, uh, there has to be a sustainable path forward. It has to be sustainable and supportable forward. Now, people would normally say scalable, but most of these resources we're talking about are cloud resources or SaaS services that are uh, scale can work fine as long as budget covers it. So some organizations have taken the slow to adopt, even even in a rapid deployment is like the norm right now, but they've taken taken the slow to adopt approach. Others are more nimble and light and turn things on to ensure line of business or worker productivity is good. Uh, we have customers during the day job, clients that are coming to us saying, we need a collaboration tool because of this remote working thing. And that's now five months later. So there are organizations that are not just hesitant or resistant to change, but maybe they can't because of, you know, the standard trope of we can't because of compliance, we can't because of security, we can't because of governance. So so there are organizations that are slower to change. Um, those that are faster sometimes deploy things and they still need that assistance trying to find out if it was the right way to deploy it. How to improve on services that are so easily deployed? That's the question, right? So what's required to make these change and they're already deployed. So what is that uh, improvement that can help, help us? So like most of the services that were lit up have many nooks and crannies out there. They hide operational inefficiencies and provide quarter for security exploits and vulnerabilities. Yes, provide a, a safe haven for the bad actors, uh, tools of the trade being malware or an exploit or some sort of vulnerability. You have to pay attention to these little areas and have a good understanding that these inefficiencies and vulnerabilities may not be apparent. They may not be really right in your face. And, and it's really hard to tell in this this current modern time of working when that happens because our, work, our workforce is so disparate right now. They're so scattered in the winds. And even if they're not, or they've started to come back or are back, the way people generally act and operate lend to doing whatever's easiest for them to make sure that they can get their job done. Unless it's something so disruptive, it's going to call them out, then they're going to raise flags normally. That's a whole different show for a whole different time. So our IT team and support team is the very same way. You know, we, we, we do things because it's sometimes easier just to get them done than as opposed to, you know, getting that root cause fixed. It's a whole forest trees thing. You know, when you're standing in there, it's hard to see the whole grand picture and it's easy to step over the root as a front on the path, as opposed to removing the root from the path. Um, get rid of those stumbling blocks and those, those trippers. We want to get that out of the way. So we always say, enlist someone uh, on your team and outside your team as a resource to validate what has been done. Peer review on the choices that were made are clutch. You should have a no hurt butt policy on these kind of things. We want to have a good service out that's about the technology being deployed the way it needs to be deployed. So how do we handle that? What do we do? Uh, to make sure that's ha that make sure that that works. If you're a large team or a large organization, get get that deployment uh, peer reviewed. Even if it's five months later, get it peer reviewed. If you need to have subject matter expertise from outside because you can't uh, really audit yourself, if that's the
the case, get somebody to review that deployment. It's it's a really low end cost to have that done, to have somebody check that out for you to make sure that your choices are good or maybe a tweak here or there will make it even better. So, you know, keep that in mind. So here's some bullet points from some some offerings that a lot of organizations, even our day job uh, and sponsor of this show, Taste Labs, can handle that help guide that process. So validate the services need. Review the existing deployment for operations and security best practices. Review the existing deployment against corporate policy. Validate a risk analysis. Update a risk assessment if appropriate. Generate a gap matrix. Document everything that needs to be done to remediate it. Get it documented. It's clutch. Make a sustainable work plan to remediate that. One of the biggest things that happens is you can identify something, but you don't roadmap its fix unless it's something that's super critical or uh, costly to the organization or violates some sort of a compliance or governance. You should still need to remediate what's not right. So make that sustainable work plan. Post that remediation. Put it out there inside your your system of documentation, system of record, or in your ticketing system as task line items. Review those all the time. Uh, Some technical areas that drive that above is what is the cost and renewal fees associated? Can my internal team perform the work or do we need to enlist someone else to help, be it a parent organization or an outside organization? Are there any additional hardware licensing costs to make this stick and be permanent? Is there what, what does that look like? I just turn some things on and and maybe it's just soft costs, you know, some additional tasks and items that my service desk might need to handle. Or is this is something that we really need to have some some sustainable path from a from from a support perspective happen? Have we been using a free version and of a paid offering that will require technical challenges or some sort of federation required? So we see this frequently when a lot of the software providers out there decided to say, you know, oh, try we're get the world's changing. Here's our software. You can use it for free for this period of time. Go. Um, you know, TechSmith and 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 there's free versions of Teams out there. There's all these different things out there to help. Some of them are just free versions of the product. Some of them were just given out uh, to try to help organizations through. And I take my hat off to those the technology community for providing that out there. Now the challenge becomes: is is this really going to stick? You know, this kind of is it sustainable for our organization being on this other no low cost solution? Now, what comes to mind is back in the day, there were used to be SharePoint free servers, and then there was the paid full MOS version. This is going way back. There were stark differences between the two and the things you can and cannot do and capabilities and caps and, and limits. And, and that does not change with the, the times. You know, there, if, if an organization is not going to give away the full, full-blown enterprise edition of their software for free long term, um, they're going to want you to have that paid version. So if you don't have those paid versions, what does it look like to go there? And if I can't use that paid version, is there something comparable that I might already be paying for or something that's a little more low cost or no cost that meets my needs as an organization? Our third question we had was, is how will this be paid for? So that's the big one, right? Now, for most things tend to revolve around finances. Um, 
or the lack thereof finances. Services that were added were free or versions of a paid service that was offered in assistance of time of need, as we just just mentioned. They're tr- it's very tricky, right? So, you know, it's easy to get a CFO or, you know, a high V level person to authorize something that is super low cost or no cost. And look how great this company is. But there's going to come a time, a point where, where, where that solution is not going to be there anymore. And you've already gotten your workflow of your users used to that. And you can't take it away. You can't take the functionality and the use away without having an answer. You can't say no without an alternative. There's got to be some sort of a choice, for instance. So you have this choice of having this net low free cost. It's easy to sell. We deploy software. Software's on the ground. The expiration happens. I need to now pay 10x the cost or a cost if it was free. Another another way of looking at it is we got this software. Its name is the same as the other full-blown package that everyone else is using, but it's the free version. Now we're at a point where we have all these extra capabilities and we've been using it a year from now and it's not able to do what we need to do. And my experience and my user's experiences are bad because we should have pivoted back then to something that was appropriate from a scalability perspective. So, you know, bucketing that off into free and low cost services, um, how will you navigate those waters? You've got to navigate them carefully. The natural tendency is to want to get as much from a premium uh, feature rich perspective with as little spend as possible. That's just the way it is, right? There are snags with this, right? For instance, Zoom meetings may connect your team and provide a value from a voice perspective. But if you're looking for integrated collaboration and tooling that has built in security and, and, and more re- rich interacting and in do- real time document collaboration and things along that line, you know, Teams is your answer there. And that makes more sense. Uh, we might have solved our challenge by you know connecting our people with Zoom, but the real answer may be Teams uh, or vice versa. If that, that's your thing, this is really really, you know, what meets your organization's needs. So another thing to consider is with these free and low cost services, uh, that paid product may already displace multiple products or solutions that require like massive overhead to to manage. So you can look at it as we're paying $110 a user for products X, Y, and Z. But if we pay $80 a user, we can get all that in one rich interface so that we see that, that all the time too as well. So keep it, keep that in mind when you're, when you're noodling through that. There's real tangible benefits to centralize your tooling whenever you can. Your staff will have to integrate and have predictable experiences and your IT must have the ability to nimbly support them. So uh, a lot of the times that's, that's one of the reasons why things are free or low cost is that the, the trade-off is you don't have the same capabilities from a support perspective. You, you might have email support, but how, what does that help my, my manufacturing line when my frontline workers aren't able to get access to files or get access to things that they need? So we want to make sure that we just don't lump them in the soft cost section, but they're real tangible things when we look at the way uh, software and services are handled and deployed in, in the modern era. 
So the other area we wanted to talk to was, you know, paid subscriptions and services. There are costs associated with services and licensings for dedicated for SMB and enterprise software. Um, and what's often overlooked is the implementation and validation of that deployment. You know, we've seen um, we've seen many respected IT teams rapidly deploy solutions without consideration to that licensing and any other variable or service change. Um, that solution's not shining. You're 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 not taking that spend in that that effort and making it the best it can when you just rapidly deploying it out without making sure that the right license models are followed and we have a role-based access control plan and we have the ability to put you know security wrappers on who can do things uh, with what type of data internally and externally you know those kind of things really make a solution shine and if you already have a paid subscription or service it's and you have that that that's that's clutch right and if you don't have that and you get that get the guidance get the proper guidance and the right the right use cases to make sure that that's you know covered in a proper way so a couple things around this so part one Generate a user type, user role for your specific organization. Classify your users, get a head count. Compare your license or entitlement against that count. You may already be paying for some of this already. And look at critically at who needs what. Um, so a lot of organizations don't do that. They're like, okay, we want voice conferencing. Everybody gets voice conferencing. Well, with Teams specifically, let's, let's talk about Microsoft Teams since we're mostly a Microsoft partner. With Teams, when you have conferencing when you have teams you have conferencing amongst teams member if you if you have a user on teams you can have a conference you can join a conference any conference internal or external doesn't matter you need that license and that phone number if you want to host them to external people so like having that understanding is clutch in when figuring out how to spend against these products um, and that's just one area there's like nine different areas associated with that and licensing inside of microsoft slash office 365 so keep that in mind as well. And part two, look at your master account, review these licensing costs, review the add-ons, uh, just like we mentioned, conference, voice services. Can this exi existing service I am paying for displace other paid for services, reduce my overall costs. I'm going to use monitoring and learning inside of Azure uh, because I'm spending a fortune over here on these monitoring tools because we turned them on because my IT support team is no longer in office getting that real-time alert from the knock. So maybe we turned on something to, to relay that or aggregate a dashboard. You, you may be able to reduce your overall cost by not leveraging that, by using native tools to, to Microsoft and Azure that that are super um, inexpensive and dialed into to, to, to how those services are supposed to work. So typical stakeholders in that area is your corporate business leadership, finance leadership, IT leadership. So let's bring this all together here. Let's try to keep this uh, short for you this week. So bringing it all together, there are, there's a coordination of efforts from both the IT and the business side of your organization. We recommend that everyone come with an open mind and that you look at how your business processes are, as well as your information technology solutions and see where they align and also where they differ. Find out what works for you and your organization. One size does not fit all. Review what you need, what people want, and what you're spending then generate your plan 
to make the service either permanent or path to another option, potentially one you may already be paying for or one that can be changed to match your needs more effectively. Keep in mind information security ramifications of all of your choices include security teams. Outside help is tremendously helpful if you need an audit or from a security perspective. You can't audit yourself effectively. If you want to do operational excellence, you can't look at yourself and say, I'm doing a good job. I want to make sure I'm doing the right job. If you just want validation so that you can go to your board or your leadership and say that we had this checked out, we had a small little exercise to validate all that, that goes a long way. It only reduces rework increases security posture and compliance. So that's kind of an overview today of uh, every, everything we talked about during that. And it seems to be a resurfacing topic. So I wanted to ensure that we we kind of bolted that on here and um, kind of threw that out here in the pod land. And I wanted to make sure that we also uh, called out uh, tastelabs.net. Um, we provide a lot of these services that we talked about today. This is not just a really long commercial I'm being agnostic to the technologies. Uh, that's why I say insert technology here. I wasn't say rip out this product and put that product product in. Um, it's all about technical excellence and making sure that the success of the technology and building the people around it, that methodology is what makes for a really good process moving forward. So uh, thank you for your time today and uh, we'll talk to you next time.